turn in your Bible to 1 John chapter 3. We've just finished three verses. Took us a couple of weeks, maybe months, to get through them, but there was so much in them. And again, like I said, I'm dealing with this topically, so I'm not in a big hurry to get through it. I'd much rather you know a little bit really well than a whole lot of nothing. Amen? And so I'm just spending time going through this epistle because, as I said before, this is the uh, apostle that they couldn't kill. And I want to know what he knows. I want to live in the truth that he lived in. Amen? And walk that out in my life. And, you know, the more I've studied, the more I begin to understand why uh, he was so difficult to kill. He knew his place in God. He knew his place as a child of God. Amen? And he knew his place. As far as the devil was concerned, the devil had nothing on him. And he wouldn't allow, any, he wouldn't allow the devil to have anything on him. And today we're going to actually look at some of those things um, in verses uh, 4 through 10. It's quite a big section, relatively big. <laughs> okay, uh, It has a lot of elements in it that you need to understand in order to read it properly and gain an insight from it that he needs us to have. Sadly, what has happened, and as I read through this, you'll begin to understand what I mean. Sadly, what has happened is people that haven't really studied this well have, you know, preached messages of guilt and condemnation from it and, you know, put the body of Christ in all kinds of bondage. So I want to take that off. You know, this was the apostle of love. So if it sounds wrong, it's wrong. Amen. And don't, don't try to, you know, make it say something it doesn't say because you always need to look at the nature of the person writing something. Are you all here? Amen. And when you understand his nature, then you need to look and make sure that you're reading it right. So, let's begin in John chapter, First uh, John chapter three and verse four. Now, he says, "Whoever commits sin transgresses also the law. Literally, commits lawlessness. For sin is the transgression of the law." Now, don't sweat. Okay, I'll explain all this out. It's gonna sound bad. All right. Verse five. And you know that he, Jesus Christ, was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Verse 6, whoever abides in him sins not, or does not sin. Whoever sins has not seen him, nor known him. Now we're starting to sweat. Verse 7, little children, let no one deceive you. He or she that does literally practices righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. This is the next verse, is the one that really makes people sweat. Okay, verse 8, he or she that commits sin is of the devil. And that's where a lot of people stop and start preaching, all right? He says, For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. When we get to that part, we've been spending a long time there. <laughs> Verse 9. He says, For whoever, uh, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed remains in him or her, and they cannot sin because they are born of God. Turning over. Don't get to it. Verse 10, in this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever does not righteousness is not of God, neither they that loves not their brother or sister. Now at first glance, okay, this passage seems to indicate that you have to live a sinless life. Does it kind of look like that? And if you happen to slip, commit, you know, any kind of sin, doesn't matter what, regardless (laughs) <laughs> of the extraordinary circumstances that might have surrounded it. The apostle, Je- the apostle John just says, he that commits sin is of the devil. 
And this is where a lot of preachers that have a bone to pick begin to preach from. If you're, <laughs> probably because they have the same people coming for counseling over the same issue all the time. So, you know, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, man. You know, so they just want to hammer it. Well, if you're doing it, you're of the devil. Stop coming to me. No, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but isn't it interesting? If we think that way, then it directly contradicts what the Apostle John himself said earlier on in this epistle in 1 John 1 9. Do you all remember that scripture? If we confess or acknowledge our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. Now, how can he do that? And he goes and says, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How can you do that if the Apostle John says, oh, well, as soon as you sin, you're of the devil. Are you all with me? We all know something is wrong. A lot of people that don't understand the nature of God, don't understand the nature of the Apostle John, have written all kinds of commentaries on this, okay? And my goodness, studying this one was quite interesting. One person actually gave about 16 different views that have been placed on this and how they all contradict each other and what a mess it is. And he didn't know which one's right. No, <laughs> no but, you know, I, you know, this is why I, this is why I truly believe that this is a spiritual book and it needs to, needs to be discerned spiritually, not intellectually. And isn't it sad that the people that come out of a lot of seminaries are intellectuals, not necessarily spirituals? And why they get so much wrong. This isn't a job, family. It's a calling. You want a job? Go do something else. Because you do this as a job, you're going to mess it up for everybody. <laughs> okay? And uh, we don't want that. We've got enough problems already, not you coming and helping to make things worse. All right. So anyway, <clears throat> you know what I'm trying to say, right? So, it's obvious there's more to this than meets the eye. Can we agree on this? Okay? And we need some keys to help us understand what's actually being said here. So, the first key is to realize that the Apostle John, first of all, is actually addressing two groups of people. Now, this will set you free straight away. Believers and false teachers. See, as you read through this, a lot of people read this and think, Oh, my God, is that me? And, you know, the Apostle John... Is, uh, let, let me just jump ahead a little bit. I was going to leave this for later, but I'll give this to you right now. Okay. The Apostle John is actually, what he's doing here is giving us wisdom on how to identify false teachers. People that would lead you astray and things in their life that you can look at and say, that person may speak a certain way, but they are not of God. Now do you get this, okay? See, when you start applying it outward, instead of going, oh my Lord, anybody that does this, and we need to understand some words as well. So let's go, that's the second key, is to understand the meaning of two particular Greek words, which is used in these verses. And that is translated, commit or commits in verses 4, 8, and 9, and does in verses 7 and 10. So let's begin with these Greek words. The first being the word translated do. I won't tell you what the Greek word is, because I'll probably pronounce it wrong. I think it's praso, P-R-A-S-S-O, anyway, which means to do an outward act, okay? Um, it implies to copy or imitate, and it doesn't appear at all in this epistle. This is interesting. See, the Apostle Paul is going to talk about that, and we'll go and have a look at some scriptures there, so you get an idea of what we're talking about, okay? So hang with that for just a minute. The second Greek word translated do is the word used in this entire passage, meaning to make or do, and carries the idea, listen, of a practice that is created or produced from an inward nature. Did you get that? 
Okay, so when, it, when they use the word practices, it's talking about something that is coming from the inside. It's not something that you're doing on the outside, it's coming from the inside. So that straight away tells us something is up here, because we are new creations. We have been born of God. That's why the Apostle John starts with that. Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. Then he goes on to say, now you are children of God. See, he was making a point at the beginning because he's about to go off and talk about something that if you don't, if you're not establishing the fact that you are God's child, amen, and that it was God's love that brought you in, then your behavior isn't going to get you out. Do you all hear what I'm saying? The only thing that gets you out of his family is rejection of Jesus Christ. It's the thing that gets, you know, it's the thing that stops people coming into his family. See, this, so, okay, I'm giving you hints and clues now, okay? (laughs) Uh, Because I need you to understand something else is going on here, okay? All right. Uh, Interestingly, both of these words appear in the Gospel of John, in John chapter (laughs) 3. So let's have a quick look in verses 20 and 21. The, uh, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, "Everyone, uh, for everyone who uh, does, now this is the uh, word that means to copy or imitate. So he says, for everyone uh, who copies or imitates evil, hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest its deeds should be exposed. So there are some people that do naughty things. Don't put your hand up. Okay, there are some people that do naughty things, believers. Okay, I'm not talking about unbelievers. All right, I'm talking about believers that do naughty things and they don't want to be seen. Is this a surprise? Okay, this shouldn't be a surprise. But this is the word that means an outward, it's an imitation. In other words, they do stuff that they shouldn't be doing. They do stuff that look like they belong to the devil, but they really don't. It's not coming from an inward nature. Are you all here? All right. As Jesus goes on to say in the next verse, John chapter 3 and verse 21, he says, but he who does, now this is the other word does. Okay. This, this is the word that uh, translate creates or produce and therefore practices the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. Did you notice that in God? That they have been done in God. Do you understand why? Because it's coming from an inward nature. It's coming from what's inside of you. And who lives on the inside of you? Jesus Christ. God lives on the inside of you. Can I get an amen on that one? That's a good place to say amen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So th- this is now telling us that you are now reflecting the, the nature that's on the inside of you in the works that you do on the outside. Whereas over there, <laughs> okay, you're doing stuff you really shouldn't be doing. And we're concerned about your salvation. Are you saved? No. <laughs> we know you're saved. <laughs> but, so this verse is actually looking ahead to the time when the new birth would be available to us all. And from this new birth would come a new creation, which would allow us to walk in the light just as he is in the light. Remember that? Okay. And produce from an inward nature what I call true acts of righteousness. You know the motives are right? Remember we talked about that before? Amen? Those are true acts of righteousness. When you do things not expecting anything in return, you do it with the right heart because you just want to bless someone and you look to God to repay you, not to the person you did the good act to. Do you understand? Because can I say this? People will let you down. And if you looked to the people that you helped to help you back 
and they don't, you'll become hard-hearted. You don't want to be that way. You want to stay soft. Amen? And what you want to do is make sure that whatever you do, you do it because you love them. And if they never acknowledge it, it doesn't matter to you. You did what God asked you to do. He's responsible to bless you. If they want to bless you, that's something. And you know what? What you should say to them is, no, you really don't need to do anything. I didn't do this with any strings attached whatsoever. You know what a freedom that is to people? When they, do you know they know then that if you come and help them, there, there are no strings attached? Whereas the other guy that comes every time they help you, they say, well, now remember when I came and helped. <laughs> okay? And you're always paying him back. And it never ends. Amen? You, know, you don't keep ledgers. Amen? Okay, all right. <laughs> Just saying. All right. In fact, this is what Jesus uh, was making reference to when he said in Matthew chapter 5, Verse 16, we've seen this before, when he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. The stuff you do. (laughs) Okay? And do what? Glorify your Father in heaven. So these are the works that you should be producing and should be that should be coming from the inside of you. That should be led by the Spirit. Remember those that are led by the Spirit, they are the children of God. Do you understand why it says that? Because not every good Work is a God work. Some good things can be out of God's time and be a problem. You think it's good, but to the person you're doing it, it's very inconvenient right now. <laughs> okay? You all hear what I'm saying? All right? You know, things need to line up. And that's why you always need to, you may have some, you know, you may think about doing something good. Please check with God whether, not whether the deed necessarily is good, but whether the time is right. Amen. Do you understand? Because that will help you then navigate and it'll help you be in a place where people will go, wow, they are so spirit led. You know, when they call it's the right time, not at the most inconvenient time possible, (laughs) you know. Amen. And then your good deed becomes something that is a problem to them and then you get offended because you're trying to help him and what do you mean you don't have time for me? See how this can go all wrong? Okay, all right, okay. So again, uh, with what Jesus said in verse 16, this can only be, only be said of a believer, because, listen to me, unbelievers, now, no matter how wonderful they may be, and we know some wonderful unbelievers, you know, some of them are better than believers. Just saying, okay? <laughs> Just saying, all right? No matter how, how wonderful they are, they don't have this particular light. When Jesus says, let your light so shine. Because it's actually God's glory on the inside of them. Which is such a shameful thing when believers don't allow that light to shine and what they're doing is actually, you know, mimicking the devil. Are you all here? And we don't need that kind of advertising. (laughs) Can I just say that, all right? So what we understand from this is that if a believer sins, it is not coming from an inward nature, but is an outward act. Something that needs to be repented of immediately. Okay, I've said as quickly as possible, all right? And then stayed well away from because of its damaging nature. Remember the Apostle James talks about, you know, sin produces death. It literally causes things to die in your life. And we may be thinking, well, there's forgiveness, yeah, but you're killing yourself, dude. Why do you want to do that? Are you with me? You know, I know some things are difficult to get away from and... Ask God to give you the strength to help you. Remember, we don't do this in our own strength, lest we boast. 
Amen. This all needs to be God's grace on our life. So, you know, this is where we pray and this is where we say, God, I'm really, and be honest with him. He knows. Don't try to hide things from him and don't try, you know, don't slick talk him. Okay. You just go to him and say, God, I'm having a problem. I hate that person. I, I mean, Jamie, I'm going to use that example. I hate him. I don't like the way his glasses are. I don't like that, that jumper. Even the way he sticks his tongue at me. <laughs> okay. I really don't like him. Every time I see him, I'm going to slap him. This is a problem. <laughs> okay. I'm not, now listen, what you don't want to do, no, I love him, alright? What you, what you don't want to do is go, listen now, okay, you don't want to go to God and go, now, dear God, you know, use that religious voice. I try so hard, but it's hard as thou lordeth to me, for me to doeth the right thingeth. Helpeth meeth. Ameneth. That's a lot of, anyway, you know? That won't do anything. You're not being honest. You're being religious. Stop it. God, God's standing there going, are you finished with the King James? Can we talk a little now? You know, it's like, what's up, homie? What's going on? You go, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm having a problem here because I know. Tell me something I don't know. I need help. I know that part too. Listen, I'm having trouble. I know that part. It's funny how much he knows. We think we're informing God. He knows everything. All we're doing is acknowledging the fact that he knows everything that has been going on. We're the ones trying to hide stuff. And if we just be honest with him, he'll help us get through it. He'll give us some insights, some revelations, some instructions. He'll give you something that will make the job easier. You know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm, what I'm seeing at the moment is machinery that isn't oiled. You know, have you seen then when it's not oiled and it makes noises and it's, it, it just crunches and it sounds horrible. But you throw some oil in there and, oh, yeah, it's just smooth. It's, everything is still moving, but it's smooth now. You all understand what I'm trying to say? That's what God does. He just kind of oils the machinery. He gives you something that just helps you do what you need to do without all the friction. Hallelujah. Amen. So that things... That you want to do the right thing and it's not difficult. The Apostle Paul talks about that when he says, I want to do the right thing, but I do the wrong thing. And oh, woe is me. Okay. <laughs> okay? You know, because those are, and, and you know, I'm so glad he's so honest because we get that way sometimes. We forget to ask God to help us to do the thing that God asks us to do. Listen to me. If God asks you to do it, then he is responsible to help you to do it. Otherwise, he can't ask it of you. Because we are, you know, in a fallen world. And things are difficult down here. Because there is a devil that's constantly working against you. Have you noticed? Amen? And sometimes we think it's God testing and trying us. It isn't. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. He said, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill and destroy. And boy, he does a really good job and makes us look like God a lot of times. Okay? So, <laughs> so we need to know. Now, let me, let me talk to you about what I said before about those outward acts. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to be reading in verses 11 through 14. And just from these verses, we, we find that believers can do bad things and still be believers. Let me rephrase that. Children of God can do bad things and still be children of God. Just naughty children of God. Okay? <laughs> right. So, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, take no part 
in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. I really like that. They are worthless deeds. Listen, whenever you do something bad, you are wasting your life, you are wasting your time, and you are wasting your seed. Do you understand that you are always planting seed? Everything in your life that you do is a seed that is being planted. What kind of seeds are you planting? He's saying, don't do worthless things. Don't plant seeds that are worthless. Do you know, let me just say this, man. You know, one of the things that the devil does, you know, a lot of times sin is him just wasting your time. That's it. You're just wasting time. Time, and let me, can, can I say this? Tri- time translates to life. So what you think is you're wasting your time, but what you're really doing is wasting your life. Because those are, you know, minutes and hours of your life that you can't get back. Unless God does a redemptive act and does something, you know, miraculous. Which he will do if you repent, okay? And you didn't know any better, then he will redeem your time somehow. So maybe you were meant to, and please forgive me for saying this, but I, I'm going to make a point here. So maybe you're meant to cark it at 90, okay? But you know what? He extends your life so you live to 120 because you lost 30 years at the beginning. Because you were too stupid and you didn't realize and you thought, oh God, why did I do that? I was really dumb. Okay, he'll redeem that. He'll do stuff like that. Amen. He's done that in the past. He'll do it again. All right? So, you know, if that, if there's ever an issue like that, that can be taken care of. But, you know, don't count on that. Don't say, well, if I get it wrong, I can waste my time now and pick it up later. Sweetheart, you might not be there later to pick it up. You know the problem with doing the wrong thing? You get used to it. You say you'll go back and fix it. It's like the guy that says, you know, <laughs> smoking or whatever. That I can quit anytime. Everybody knows they can't. Because they'd have done it 20 years ago. You can't quit anytime. You can say it anytime, but you can't do it. Hello? It's the same way. <laughs> Just be careful, alright? Moving on. So he says, take no part in witnesses of evil and darkness. Instead, rebuke and expose them. I want you to notice he says rebuke them. Do you know why? Because you need to tell yourself, naughty, don't do that. And you need to tell the, the devil that's behind it to get away from you. Let me, let me take a minute here. So much of the time, the problem that we face is we think we're fighting ourselves. We think that we want to do something and it's really us wanting to do it. Try this the next time that comes on you. I hope you remember this. Try just saying, Satan, I bind you in Jesus' name. Get out. Just try that. That's it. Two seconds. How many, how many seconds was that? About three. Okay. <laughs> just that's it. Just do that and see what happens. You might be surprised. Suddenly, the, you know, the temptation to slap Jamie in the face goes away. And I suddenly want to give him a hug. I know he's going, why are you picking on me today? <laughs> you're just, you're, you're just there, man. You just, Easy target. Anyway, <laughs> plus there's a table between you and me. It takes a, I can, I have time to run. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, <laughs> but the thing is, you need to understand, that, you know, that a lot of stuff that's going on in your head, a lot of stuff that you are battling with isn't coming from you because in, on the inside, and this is why I said I want to give you a revelation here, on the inside you are a new creation. So if something is coming out that's causing you to do something that is bad, it's not coming from the inside. It's coming from an oppressive spirit on the outside, pushing you to do something that is against your nature. 
Yeah, but I used to be. Yeah, before that, before you were born again, maybe you were a real stinker, <laughs> okay? But that's not you anymore. Second Corinthians 5.17 says that if any man or woman is in Christ, he is a new creation. Do you hear me? All the old things have passed away. And he says, behold, he says, look and see. All things are new. All things are of God. That's in the next verse. Okay? So, okay, what he's saying is, check it out. Your insides have changed. You might look the same on the outside, but on the inside, you're different now. So, if you are wanting to do something bad, can I say this? If you are born again, and I believe all of you are, if you are, then it's not coming from the inside of you. It's coming from somewhere else. And if you rebuke the thing, it will disappear. This is what the unbeliever doesn't have, you know, the ability to do. As Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. You know, that's why God wants people to change fathers. He doesn't want them to change religions. It's not about religion. He's saying, listen, that one will treat you badly. I love you. I'll look after you. I'm the one that created you. And can I say this? A parent will always, generally speaking, okay, do more and look after their kid more than somebody else would, generally speaking. Because they belong to him. You know what I mean? And it's funny how parents make all kinds of excuses for their kids when they do a naughty thing. But if it's somebody else's kid, well, bless God, they should know better. But if it's your kid, well, you know, they're having a bad day today. And, you know, they, have, they haven't been, they didn't sleep well last night. <laughs> Come on. That's what God the Father wants to do for you. Make excuses for you, love you, protect you, take care of you. And why he says, can you please not be a part of, just because Adam and Eve failed and sinned and caused this whole thing to go into the, fall into the devil's hands. Can you get back out? I've given you a way out. For God so loved us that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus died so that we can cross back over. Amen? And so that God can just hold on to us, love us, take care of us, bless us, protect us. And make excuses now. <laughs> That's why we run to him when we sin. Because he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. You know why? Because he loves us. And to cleanse us of all unrighteousness so that the devil has nothing to point to. Amen. Okay. Let's continue on here. Not getting very far with this, but it says here again in Ephesians 5 and verse 12, he says, it is shameful to even talk about those, those things that ungodly people do in secret. But when the light shines on them, it becomes clear how evil these things are. So he's saying, listen, don't take part in that stuff. Stuff that we're even ashamed to speak of. And he, and Apostle Paul has seen a lot of stuff. If he's saying it's shameful to speak of it, it's got to be really bad. Okay, let me just say that. Verse 14, and it says, and where your, it says, and where your light shines, it will expose, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way, it will expose their evil deeds. That This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Amen? See, we are meant to be shining with that light. In other words, this is what we would classify as a carnal Christian and the sort of people that the Apostle Paul makes reference to in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 3. Let me just read this because it will clarify a lot of things. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. So he's talking to Christians now, and he's calling them carnal. 
Listen, he says, I fed you with milk, verse 2. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able. So these are Christians that never grew up. Sadly, this is what happens a lot of times. You know, people get saved. You know, an evangelist does a fantastic job of bringing somebody to Christ. Somebody who's been stubborn and says no to everybody else. And they get him in and then they leave him there. And the, <laughs> and the person never grows up. And then they become a thorn in everybody's side. Because they still have a lot of their old nature in them, even though they are new on the inside. Nobody told him the word. Amen? And he says, and so he said, these are the people he's talking to. And verse 3, he says, for you are still carnal. And he, he identifies this carnality. He says, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men or just like ordinary people? People that are not saved. Amen? So this being the case, we can now be sure and know something for certain that the Apostle John cannot be saying that at any time a believer sins, they lose their new birth. Because these guys would have all lost their new birth by now. <laughs> okay? So the Apostle Paul didn't say they were unbelievers again. He said they were carnal. In fact, they just hadn't grown up. And they still look like the world. But they're not of the world anymore. They're in it. They seem to be loving it a bit too much. But they're still not of it. <laughs> okay? So let's, let's go through this. I believe that you'll be blessed tremendously. So keep coming. Or watch it on YouTube. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for the wisdom and the insight and the revelation that we're receiving.